how I stop that negativity is just say, you're fearless. Be fearless, jump, do it. Who cares if they say something about you? Welcome back to Inside the Millennial Mindset. You are here because you know that every expert was once a beginner and their success started with a curious mind. Our goal with this podcast is to introduce you to the phenomenal individuals that are changing the narrative of what it means to be a millennial professional with their mindset and ideas in order to inspire and propel you to execute on your own visions and dreams. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Millennial Mindset. It's your boy Rico J. And today we are here. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Nancy Samaniego. You've heard her on the radio. You've seen her at Ruby's announcing the singer is doing it all. Not only is she a local, but she's also creating content. She's she's everywhere. You hear her name and I, I can bet you you've heard it yourself. Uh, Rigo, what's up, bro? How are you doing today? You excited or what? Hey guys, um, I'm super excited to get Nancy in here. Like Rico said, I've I've heard Nancy for the past two years. She's at my gym. She's done local advertisement with companies. She hosts her own podcast. Yeah. You hear her voice and her personality everywhere. So I'm very excited. So, um, Nancy, how are you doing today? Hey, you, wow, that like felt great. I was like, damn, I've done I've done all of that. I'm at the gym. I'm not. I'm at the gym, but I'm not at the gym. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I think this is amazing what you guys are doing. Um, I love it that it's like local, that it's here in Ventura County. Like just the whole the whole podcast you guys are doing, I think is amazing, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you, and this is a conversation that you and I mm-hmm. had, Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we were lacking. Uh, we're lacking support in our community, right? And uh, the way that we're going to change things or the way that we're going to see things move is by being the change we want to see. Mm-hmm. So Rigo, Jason, and I, we decided, hey, look, we want to see change. We want to we wanna get to know the people that are making mm-hmm. moves, that are doing things in the community. And that's what we're doing. And, and we're so glad to have you here. Um, I feel like with this podcast, we're going to really put a, put a kind of a... I don't want to say face to the name because it's a podcast, but we're really going to get to know you a little deeper. Yeah. And... Uh, um shoot i knew who i knew of you before the podcast i know of you before i met you so it's uh it's pretty exciting it's exciting and uh it's it's cool to get to know the people that are doing things in our community mm-hmm. yeah this is intenso <laughs> it's not like, that bad intenso. I'm like, it's not that bad you know as, as content creators sometimes <laughs> i think i don't know how you do but sometimes i think that we don't realize the impact that we truly made yeah um these guys remind me all the time and i'm like dude it's 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 just me there's nothing that exciting mm-hmm. but we don't realize the impact that we make even regal as well like he does a lot of back you know back end stuff you know what i mean like a lot of behind the scenes work and and i don't think any of us creators like realize that until we're told Mm-hmm. right it's like oh wait wait wait, hold on i'm on all here like it's like how you felt when mm-hmm. we just started this thing right like yeah. you're like wait hold on i know i do these things but i didn't know i do these things yeah no and it's i was like i was telling you it's, it's crazy to be on this side yeah. the other side of the table you know mm-hmm. i'm used to interviewing people i'm used to right. getting like real with people and now it's like all turned on me and i'm yeah. like oh man i don't know how i feel about this like yeah. what <laughs> i'm scared there you go <laughs> <laughs> but i'm happy i'm happy guys Cool, good. Well, so glad to have you here. But let's dive right in. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that people want to know, and we want to know. Tell us about your upbringing. Like, how, what was it like being little Nancy, being the uh, the baby Samaniego, being yeah. just just. What was it like growing up? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And where are you at now? Tell us. All right. So let's get it started. Little Nancy. Well, I'm still kind of little. I'm short. You know, I'm the shortest one of all in my family. <laughs> I am I am uh, the oldest of three. Ah, so I'm okay. actually first generation um, here in my family. Okay. Um, 
both of my parents are from Mexico, so in the Durango. Okay, so, nice. um, they came as immigrants here to the United States. Um, I was the firstborn. And I don't know if you guys are the oldest ones or youngest ones. I don't know if you can relate to that. But it is something very difficult because, you know, yeah. being the first person, uh, the first kid here in America, you know, with, with Mexican parents and they don't know um, English. They only know right. Spanish. Here you come. Uh, here I was born. And when it came to, you know, school, starting in elementary school, I feel like it was always really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everybody had their parents helping them with their with their homework and, yeah. you know, and uh, with me, you know, my parents always spoke Spanish uh, mm-hmm. when they came and it was always hard. You know, it was hard for me being the, the, the oldest one and having to be like the guinea pig for everything, I guess yeah. you would say, when it came to elementary school, like doing homework, like, you know, I would return my homework and it would be wrong most of the time. Yeah. And. You know, I felt bad because I like looked dumb, but at, but then you know, but then these kids had help from their parents, you know, that spoke English, correct, that knew all these things. So I feel like from elementary school it was kind of hard, and then getting into middle school, you know, the school system here is different than in Mexico. Yeah. Even in college, like my parents didn't know anything about college here in America. They knew yeah. about college um, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So here I was like figuring it out. It's like, what do I do after high school? Like, how do I apply to colleges? Like. How much money is it? You know, I had to figure out everything by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then being the oldest one, showing my my younger brothers how to do it. You know, so I feel no. like it was difficult growing up, being being the oldest ge- first generation and trying to figure it out while yeah. everyone around me, um, you know, had to figure it out, or at least I thought had to figure it out. You know, I was I was born in Compton, raised in the eight hundred five in okay. Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks Westlake area, so I went to pretty much an all gringo school. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. all Wariitos, only most of them are like probably like ninety percent of them uh, were white. You would yeah. say, and it was like ten percent Latinos. Yeah. So it was it was it was hard, you know, going going to school and feeling like the outcast. Yeah, the outcast because I was Latina. So it, it was hard, but you know, I think that made me so independent in everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, you know, when I want something, I go look for it. If I want to learn something, I go find it. Like, yeah. I'm very, very independent when it comes to to work and everything I do. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of how I started <laughs> or how I grew up. <laughs> okay, and and I do want to mention that I admire that, and I feel like a lot of us that are first generation mm-hmm. American can relate to that. I'm uh, I'm the youngest, so I have an older sister, but I did go through a lot of the things that you mentioned mm-hmm. because we're only four years apart. And yeah, maybe it was four years, but I still had the experiences mm-hmm. of my parents not being able to help me with my English homework or with mm-hmm. history or, you know, things like that. My parents are amazing at math because most Mexican yeah, schools are sure. ahead in math, mm-hmm. right? But when it came down to English, reading, writing mm-hmm. and that stuff, it was, it was tough. So yeah. I can definitely relate. I know that you can relate as well, Rigo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my podcast that I, one of the podcasts that I did, uh, where we hosted myself, mm-hmm. I also spoke about my experience being the first, uh, the oldest one in my family yeah. of my brothers, you know, and uh, coming from Mexico. Mm-hmm. I was born here, but I was, I spent a good part of my life in Mexico and then coming over here and being in a mostly, mostly uh, American school where mm-hmm. I was one of the few Latinos and I did face a lot of issues. So yeah. I can definitely see, you know, I, and I agree with a lot of the things that you said. So um, one of my questions to you is, um, you came, I mean, you are, you are one of the, you're the oldest one of three in your family, mm-hmm. you said, right? And a lot of the times you hear both sides of the story. You hear uh, the older siblings saying, hey, you know, I was the oldest. I didn't have the support. Mm-hmm. It was really hard for me. And yeah. because of that, they don't do so great in their life. They yeah. have a lot of struggles. Yeah. But 
uh, from what I see, that's not you. You, act, on the <laughs> contrary, you actually look. You came from mm-hmm. Compton, right? Yeah. So that most people would say, like, well, you know, I came from Compton. I had it really hard, uh-huh. and because of that, their life didn't turn out so great. Yeah. On top of that, on top of that, they say hey, I was the oldest one, so I had to look over for myself, mm-hmm. and I had to be the one that guided my family, my brothers, mm-hmm. my sisters. And they use that as a negative, and because of that, they say, oh, maybe I didn't do so good, but it, it looks like you did the complete opposite. It looks like <laughs> you're doing good for yourself uh, from our conversation before the podcast. Uh, it sounds like you're doing good and making certain strides towards your goals. You're involved in the community. You're really mm-hmm. big in women empowerment. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, did you use your upbringing in order to propel you to make the decisions that you did now or what what kind of mind sh- mindset shift did you have when you were younger that has helped you now as an adult where you took your what people would say negative experiences mm-hmm. and made them positive i think it's i think i turned it into like motivation you know um my parents are my complete motivation and i get all emotional when i talk about them because mm-hmm. you know they came, they left everything. My dad, um, he, he he went to school in Mexico. He actually was in school for engineering, like mechanical mm, engineering. Wow. He didn't get to finish his mechanical engineering school because he didn't have enough money to buy for the books. Mm. So he said, oh, I only became a mechanic. But I tell him, I was like, a mechanic, like, you know, that's amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to him, he wanted to be a mechanical like engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't get to finish school because, you know, he came from a poor family. He couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, only went to school to like sixth grade because their parents were really, really poor. They lived in like one room and there was like six kids. Yeah. So they came from nothing, you know, and they struggled their whole life. They came here because they wanted their kids not to, you know, go through the same things they did. Mm-hmm. So when it when it comes to that, I feel like they're my motivation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad coming here, he literally helped all his kids pay for like half of their schools. Like yeah. I paid for half my school. All of my brothers are paying for half of their school. Like he provided a car for each of his kids, so he bought a car for each of his kids. Um, wow. He got his his house. He was illegal living in the United States for I want to say uh, ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't know that the before he got his uh, his green card, he actually had orden de deportación, which wow. means he had he was like if the cops got him at any moment, he, he they could have deported him. Which is crazy because we never knew. Like, he lived, like, we lived, like, okay, whatever, we're good, you know? Right. And uh, so I think they're my motivation, and that's why I turned that into, like, fuel to, like, I don't know, to just empower me. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a motivation, and I'm really big when it comes to my roots. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy because everyone's like, well, you grew up in, like, a, you know, white neighborhood. You know, you should be, like, you should be, like, bocha. You should be, like, a, a, a gringa white girl, you know? Yeah. But I'm not. Like, if you get to really know me, I am seriously raza. I am paisa. I am 100%. Yeah. Like, I will hold my Mexican flag and my American flag. Like, uh-huh. I'm all about that. And to me, it's, like, that that that's big to me that's mm-hmm. what fuels me that's what gives me you know motivation when you know because we all go through those times and we're just like damn i have no motivation like uh, like what am i doing with my life like i probably go through that like every month like i have a midlife crisis where i just like start crying i cry and i'm like what am i doing with my life i'm you know i'm getting older like i'm not married i don't have kids but that's okay but what am i really gonna do with my life yeah you know i like this i like that I like this but how can i really convert that into like living income you know Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life so i go through that every month but what like calms me down is like my parents look at them 
Mm-hmm. You know, look at them. They came, they left everything. Yeah. And they're doing good. And it's like, if they did that for you, you that's like, that's fuel for me. So for me, it's pretty much like, yeah, I use it as fuel. Yeah, and, and I see that. Um, that's one of the things that I truly admire about mm-hmm. you is that you're very strongly rooted mm-hmm. and you're about your mm-hmm. roots. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh, that's the one thing that stood out to me the most mm-hmm. when I first met you yeah. and when I first started following you on social media mm-hmm. and, and finding out who you really were, mm-hmm. um, how strongly rooted you are. And I respect it a lot more now that I know your story, mm-hmm. that I know the background and that I know that you're, you know, where you grew up and the things that you mm-hmm. went through. Um, it just shows that regardless of what position you were put in, mm-hmm. you were still uniquely you. And this yeah. is something that I talk with my best friend about all the time, about being yourself mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to be you, regardless of mm-hmm. what people think, say, or do. Um, you're still being yourself. You're yeah. still being you. And yeah, I see you as one of those those uh, chingonas, one of my, <laughs> my very strong Latinas, yeah. and, and I admire that. Thank and also you. the fact that you're so involved in women empowerment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good. I feel like there needs to be more women that don't mm-hmm. care what people think yeah and you're one of them and i feel like you you inspire a lot of women mm-hmm. that are scared to raise their hand or yeah. that are scared to raise their voice or that are scared to say soy chingona and, yeah. and i feel like that's something yeah. very admirable and as yeah. far as you know your, your situation with your career i feel like that's something that we all go through mm-hmm. as creatives we mm-hmm. all go through that because we want to get paid for what we do mm-hmm. but all we can do is continue doing it mm-hmm. because we love it yeah. because that's put us where we're at now yeah. eventually we're going to find people and work with people that find mm-hmm. enough value mm-hmm. right um but i think i think that's that's normal what yeah. you're going through and, and we all go through it i mean rigo goes through it and and mm-hmm. his you know back end uh, or you know behind the scenes work as well right rigo absolutely mm-hmm. yeah i go through it myself i'm a mortgage mm-hmm. lender i'm a content creator yeah. i'm like damn what do i want to do now nah, i want to do everything i want to do both yeah. like i want to i want to hold both things that i love with you know mm-hmm. dearly and, and and be able to accomplish mm-hmm. my goals with them so I think it's um I think it's something we all go through, but yeah. uh, I admire that you get up every morning and you continue doing it. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know it's it's crazy because like you said, I'm into my my line and my woman empowerment, and it's it's kind of intense when I, when people say you're you're like a you're so into woman empowerment, and then sometimes I get like a little like scared of it because people think like oh women when I say I'm into woman empowerment they're like oh no she's like a feminist like she's she's all about the women like hate the men but I'm not I feel like when it comes to women I love to empower the Latin women right. because I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit like si supieran el poder que tiene una mujer oh, yeah, like absolutely. Latina yep. like Oh, like it just it, and when I see girls that are so talented, you know, with their skills, anything that they do, I'm just like, girl, you could do this, you could do that. Like I get so excited. Like even just yesterday, I was talking to some girl that was telling me that um, she did nails in Mexico, mm-hmm. and I'm like, girl, why don't you do nails here? Like, yeah, like, but buy the supplies, like do it, like you should do. It. She's like, no, I'm just like, I don't know, like I, I don't know how to talk to people, and I was like, it's easy, just like I'll help you. Like I want to help the world. I'm yeah. the type of person that loves to help the world, so. I'm all about helping the Latin, the Latin chicks, especially. There's nothing wrong with other chicks, but I feel like because I'm Latina and because, right. you know, I've struggled finding like minded individuals. Correct. And I, I was telling this to Rico um, a few, you know, a few days or a few a month ago that the reason why I always like drove to L.A. was because I felt like I never found people with the same mindset here in Ventura County. Yeah. Like. I would want to go to events and I would tell, you know, some friends around here, be like, hey, do you want to go with me to this, this networking event? And they're like, yeah, sure. The day came. Oh, you know, I can't go. But then I would tell them about the bailes, you know, like, come with me. There. I'm going, you know, and it's like I could never find people to go with me to these like networking events or 
or someone that would help me create something here like they thought I was crazy and I'm like am I crazy like am I what what's wrong with me like and they always think as me as like oh she's so business oriented and it's right. not like that it's just I want to be around people that love to create like me mm-hmm. I think my purpose in life is to create like whether it be a shirt whether it be a lipstick whether it be a a dumb video I'm uploading to Instagram or something or, or Snapchat. I love to create. And my purpose is to create. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what what's going to happen like 15 years from now, but it's going to involve me creating. Yeah. I don't know if it's talking. I don't know if it's anything, but it's creating. That's that's my passion is to create. Right. <laughs> and, and you talk about creating a lot. I know that you and I had a conversation about mm-hmm. a project that you've been working mm-hmm. on and you've been figuring out is that something we can share with the public yeah so i can share it now because i'm pretty much almost done with it so i'm actually um creating a lipstick there you go uh i'm creating a lipstick because i so i've always been an entrepreneur any chances that lipstick you have going on right now it's not this one because my red has been a process because i've been like returning it like five million times because it's not the perfect red i think sounds like a guy i know rigo (laughs) (laughs) so so a little background, um, I've always been kind of like an entrepreneur. My mom says that que when I used to go on vacation to Mexico, like my, my abuelita had a store. And at like three years old, I would go out there, get my apples and be like, who wants to buy an apple? Who wants to buy an apple? You know, like selling wow. apples, like okay. at three years old, just like selling them. And she's like, you've always like, you know, been into selling like anything, yeah. you know. And so it's I started, I remember when I was like six. 16 i was like i want when instagram was just start no not instagram facebook was starting yeah i was like oh i'm gonna get i'm gonna create an online boutique and everybody thought i was crazy because they're like who's gonna buy online at that time and uh and i created like a like a accessory boutique and it it went well but then it was like hard and i Uh, I even got a license for wholesaling like i figured it out myself and then and then i got over it because i didn't have help with it so i stopped and then after that i was like oh my god i want to create some t-shirts some t-shirts but I was like, what would be the logo? And I would always wear red lipstick. So I was like, labios rojos. Started with t-shirts. And when I did come up with that brand, everybody was like, oh, you sell lipsticks. You sell lipsticks. And I was like, no, there's just the name of the, the brand. Labios rojos. Brand, right? yeah. yeah. Labios rojos. That's just the name of the the, the brand. Like, mm-hmm. I just make t-shirts and hats. But there's no lipstick. Like, it's, it's too hard to make a lipstick. Like, it's too much money. Like, I don't know how to do it. And I, I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brand kept going. I, I, I put it on a hold right now because I want to do like seasons for the for the clothing right. side of it. But then one day I was like, dude, I woke up and I was just looking at my shirt and I was like, man, I always wear red lipstick. My shirt says labios rojos. Why don't I have a lipstick? Why there don't you, you have a lipstick, Nancy? And then here comes like my... Uh, the other side and was like no nancy it's too expensive to make a lipstick you don't know how to do it like how are you gonna do it like how are you gonna it's so much money and then i was like the other side was like hell no nancy go on youtube and figure it out like go figure it out i went on youtube and i was like how to create a lipstick and then all these things came up and then i started looking at manufacturers and then i got really into it Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i can make this it's not millions of dollars like yeah it's not millions of dollars so I was like creating a lipstick for the past, I want to say for the past, like beginning of the year, I've been nice. figuring it out yeah. with that. So the cool part is the logo has been made already because yeah. I had it from my clothing line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's done. Like I have everything for it. It's just me not knowing how to do the lipstick. And mm-hmm. now that I figured it out, I'll be coming out probably in like a month or so, like less nice. than a month. I'll have uh, labios rojos. The My purpose for that is to create all shades of red for yeah. every woman. 
There you go. And especially for the Latin chicks. Because, yeah. you know, us Latin chicks mm-hmm. love our love our red lipstick. Of or somebody has a tia or a mom that wears red or a friend, yeah. you know. So that's that's the purpose of it. And red is such an empowering uh, color. Mm-hmm. To yeah. me, red, like, signifies, um, you know, power, uh, uh, confidence. Yeah. You know, uh, it signifies for me, you know fire like mm-hmm. everything that i want to feel like every day i want to feel confident every day i want to feel sexy every day i want to feel uh empowered creative and red to me signifies all those colors hence the red hair hence the red lipstick yeah. <laughs> and uh, you also have a red car i have red interior in my car <laughs> <laughs> yeah so to me red is just such an empowering color and it, mm-hmm. it goes back to like even one of the first lipsticks that was, that was created was red yeah. One of the first colors ever in life was a, a shade of red. Mm-hmm. It was like a darker, obviously red, but it was like even cavemen would use, you know, a darker shade of yeah. red. Mm-hmm. So red means so much to me and it's so empowering. And now you even see like uh, politics, like um, politics wearing red lipstick now. Mm-hmm. Before in the White House, they weren't, most women wouldn't wear, you know, red lipstick yeah. or anything. And mm-hmm. now you'll see some politics chicks wearing red lipstick because mm-hmm. it signifies so much. Yeah, and, and I feel like for us, for men, I mean, me in the business mm-hmm. world, when you wear the power stripe, it's a red stripe. It's mm-hmm. a red tie. Mm-hmm. So red does signify a lot of power, strength, mm-hmm. and uh, and just overall wisdom. I feel like it, it, it's a strong color. Mm-hmm. And it, it's cool that you have all these uh, feelings behind it, right? Mm-hmm. That you feel this way and it makes you feel this way. So that's that's super cool. And yeah. Another thing that I have noticed about you, besides you sharing the story that you've had that entrepreneurial mindset since mm-hmm. you were a child, mm-hmm. since you were a toddler, um, I see that you also, when you go on stage, you have like your jackets, you make your own jackets, like you make your yeah. own clothing. Like yeah. I can <laughs> admire that. Um, I know Rigo, you shared you shared uh, a few weeks back that you went to an event where um, these guys were talking about brands mm-hmm. and they were wearing their brand and they should they say they share that you should be wearing if you have a brand mm-hmm. you should be wearing it 90 percent of the time right yeah. can you elaborate on that a little bit on, on what they shared yeah so pretty much what they shared was that if you have a brand that you're trying to push and it's a brand that you really believe in then mm-hmm. you should then you owe it to yourself and to everybody else to represent your brand mm-hmm. to wear it and to show show it proudly everywhere that you go and mm-hmm. by the sounds of it it sounds like you do wear your brand yep. and All your the clothing time. and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just your brand, your brand, your, yeah. your personal image. Yeah. You do wear it very. What's that? Sound that's quick way. It's okay. You do wear your brand very proudly. Yeah. And is 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 that something that you've been doing subconsciously, or is that something that you're actively doing because you're very proud of what you do and yeah. are trying to move it forward? Yeah, I think it's it's always been like a part of me. And I feel like before I was always very, um, very like insecure. So growing up, I was always very insecure. It was crazy because I was insecure, but I still wanted to I don't be believe there. it. I, see, when people when I tell people that I was a very insecure and self-conscious person, like they don't believe it because here I am on stage, like, you know, yelling and everything. But, you know, it goes back to, you know, high school, like. High school to me was hard for me. I was always the, the chubby girl in school. Like, I was the fat girl in school. Nobody believes me, but I, was, a, I was the fat girl in school. I wanted to, I was in choir, too. I, I sang in choir for, like, three years. I was mm-hmm. in an all-women's choir group. Like, I love to sing. Nobody knows that, but I love to sing, but I'm embarrassed to sing in front of people. Mm-hmm. I'd rather talk than sing in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did show choir, too, and I was always the girl in the back. 
Mm-hmm. I was always the girl in the back because I didn't want to be in the front because I was scared. I was I was mm-hmm. shy. Like people are gonna people are gonna make fun of me. Like or I don't I don't want to be I don't want to stand out too much. Mm-hmm. Always in the back mm-hmm. until I went to college. I was like, you know what? Screw that. Like screw that. I don't care. Whatever people I don't care what people think anymore. You know. I'm going to rock, you know, whatever hair color I want. I'm going to rock whatever clothes I want. And I'm not going to care what people are, are going to say anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I was always very self-conscious. And I feel like it's not until um, I found, like, radio mm-hmm. where I could express myself with my voice that I got comfortable enough to, like, you know, actually mm-hmm. be comfortable with myself, with my body, with with myself. So I think um, confidence, you know, is, is big for me. I... And to this day, you know, sometimes I do get self-conscious going up on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, is my hair okay? But yeah. <laughs> rocking, like talking back to you know, brand. I feel like ever since uh, I discovered myself, I was like, who cares? I'm gonna rock my brand. I love red yeah. lipstick. I don't care if I have red hair. Like, you know, some mm-hmm. people will be like, you're too much. You're you're wearing too much. I don't care. It's me. It's exactly. my brand. And you know what? I think my brand has helped me. Like me wearing myself has helped me helped people identify me mm-hmm. yeah. you know i feel like now when you see red lipstick you're walking billboard in LA, yeah, like, like so an advertisement. yeah and i'm and like friends tell me they're like dude i just saw this shirt and had some lips like they screenshot look it's for you you know <laughs> like they identify me with it they see mm-hmm. some girl with red hair like look it's like you um when it comes back to my clothes too i've always be, been big into fashion before radio before anything fashion was my thing okay. like i used to my barbies are all cut up their hair is all cut up like yeah. um Trapos de mi mamá, like I would wrap them around the Barbies and everything. And the only reason why You've I didn't, been a creative, yeah. yeah. The only reason why I didn't go to fashion school was because I was first generation. It was a lot of money. I didn't get mm-hmm. to go to a fashion school, yeah. so mm-hmm. it was really expensive at that time. And I was like, I was disappointed because I was, I really wanted to go to fashion school. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to learn how to sew and design, and I didn't get to do that. So the second best thing to me was like radio, and <laughs> like yeah. that was mm-hmm. the second best thing. And it's crazy how everything kind of ties along mm-hmm. on the road, you know, because with that, with me doing radio, I, you know, I decided I wanted to do my own clothing line and, you know, be creative in that aspect mm-hmm. with fashion. I'm always creative with everything that I wear as well. Like a lot of, um, I paint on uh, jackets a lot. Mm-hmm. I I love studs. I'm super into fashion. And um, that's another goal of mine is to pursue, you know, fashion, something mm-hmm. that I've always wanted uh, to do. And didn't get a chance to do it. So I'm kind of still doing it a little bit. But yeah, it's. I feel like it's important for you to rock your brand and own it. Because if you're not rocking it, how are you going to expect other people to rock your brand? Exactly. You know, You know? If you're not wearing your stuff, why are people going to want to wear your stuff? Don't expect people to wear your stuff if you're not rocking yourself, mm-hmm. your stuff 100%. Like, that's my thing. So mm-hmm. I always rock my stuff. And I love my stuff. Like, you can even see my necklace right now. It's like... Love your shoulders. I got it. I got it custom made because I was like, Dad, it would look so cool. Mm-hmm. And to this day, people, what's that? Oh, it's my brand. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. It's a walking and, and billboards, free that, advertising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're a walking billboard. Yeah. As, as Ringo mentions, and and we see that you're the professional branded chick. Like <laughs> seriously, that that's something that's amazing because it's true. I see red hair, and I think that now. Like, oh, look like Nancy. Like, it's like my homegirl Nancy Samaniego. Like, like, yeah. and I always have to say your full name. It can't just be Nancy. Nancy Samaniego. It has to be Nancy Samaniego. It has yeah. to be the full I, thing. But that's. Go ahead. I don't think I have ever mentioned your name as Nancy either. Yeah, really? No, that's funny. But it's your brand. It's it's what yeah. you established, and that's yeah. something so important. And with that, with what you're sharing, I want to jump into this because I feel like it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Why radio? How did how did how did radio happen? You're amazing at branding, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But how did radio happen? Like like, wh- where was that interest sparked? Like what? <laughs> 
who taught you that radio was cool? Like, yeah. why? Why radio? You know, when I think about radio, it literally just randomly happened. I went to a concert before radio. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I mm. was like, I didn't finish because co- I didn't finish college. I mean, mm. I went to community college and I was going to go to university, but I was like, I don't know what career path to take. Like, this is so much pressure. Like, I don't want my parents to pay for all this, you know, school. And then I end up not liking it. And then mm. I wasted their money. Like, I'm always constantly worried about that. They're always in my brain, you know, with everything yeah. that I do. Mm. And um, I was like, no, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to figure out what I want to do. And so I went out with some friends and we went to a concert. I was, it was some banda concert, of course. And um, I was in line and I was just laughing with my friend, like, <laughs> like, and some guy came up to me. He's like, hey, I like your voice. Are you ever interested in being in radio? And I'm like, what is this weirdo with this hair? Because he had like tall hair, crazy hair. And I was like, what does this guy want? I was like, no. It's <laughs> like, no, what are you talking about? My friend's like, my, one of my friends, which I owe a big thank you to, because if it wasn't for her, I probably would have never done radio. Yeah. She took his card, and then we were talking on the phone, like, oh, the concert was awesome, the, like, the day after. She's like, hey, why don't you talk to that guy? I got his card. Like, you would be, you would be good on the radio. And I was like, no, like, I'm embarrassed. I wouldn't want to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. She's like, I have the card. I'm like, uh, screenshot it. Or send it to me, because you didn't screenshot at that point. Um, and I looked at it and I was looking at it. It's a W radio and it's a Burbank. I'm like, well, it looks legit. It doesn't look like a scam to me, you know? Right. And then I called and I was like, hey, this is Nancy. Like, I met you at the concert. Um, you know, you said something about radio. I'm kind of interested in checking it out. Like, can I go one day? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And then he was giving me more information. I was just kind of creeped out at that point because he's like, I have a show, but it's from like 1 a.m., like 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. It was like a late night show like yeah. i was thinking i'm gonna have to drive all the way to burbank at 12 a.m with a stranger that i don't know uh-huh. to radio like is this real yeah. like, should i go like i'm scared but i was like whatever i'll go <laughs> <laughs> so i was like who cares if if i'm gonna die i'll die right but i was curious you know I mean, that's the entrepreneur mindset right there. yeah i was curious and i was like well just check it out see what it is. so it was an actual it was actually a studio it was w radio it's still up there w radio uh 690 a.m and uh, he had what's called a prepaid radio show. What that means is that you pay you to be on the air. You pay your hour to be on the air. So you can anybody can have a radio show and pay for an hour, and then you get your own. Uh, you pay your time with advertising, or you know, you get you make your own commercial, you get your own clients, and pay your radio time on the air. So it wasn't like a contracted radio show, mm-hmm. but he was paying a prepaid radio show. Mm-hmm. So I got there, and I was like, he had the show. It was some like farandula like like tmz stuff where they were like bashing artists and stuff and i was like wow i don't want to bash anybody you know right but you know it was cool so i was like oh this is cool like um and he was he was cool too he was kind of weird but he was he was cool and he's like well you can come tomorrow if you want i mean you can come next week because he only had a show like once a week or something something weird like that and i was like okay well i'll come next week so i kept going constantly and i ended up kind of liking it i learned a little bit but I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I guess the show after his had a morning show. And they saw me going all the time. And there was all these guys. So they're like, we need a girl voice. I feel like I was just in the right spot because everybody needed a girl in their show. And I was here, a girl young that was cool with coming for free because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going for free. And uh, I got into the show that was after that show. So the morning show. Um, and I started doing morning show with them. And also started learning more until one point I was like, man, I actually like this. Um, where did you guys go to school for this? 
because I hadn't gone to school for radio or anything. I was yeah. just talking. And then they told me where they went to school. It was actually a, it was like a, you would call like kind of like a tech school, you know, like ITT tech where it's mm-hmm. like just focused on one thing. Yeah. So it was like radio school for that. So it was Spanish radio. Uh, CC, CCH was the name of the school. I think they changed the name now, but it was a radio school in Spanish. Um, and they told me that they went there. So I was like, oh, sounds cool. Like, I'm going to go sign up right now because I want to learn more. I want to learn, right. you know, mm-hmm. how how radio works. I want to know, know the back side of it. Like, how do you get the signal? Like, where's the connections? Like, how do they, how can you hear it all over? Mm-hmm. So I went to school and I learned it. And that was another struggle because at that point I was a pocha now. Like, I spoke more English than Spanish because mm-hmm. I would go to school in English. So when I went to that school, everybody spoke Spanish because it was a Spanish radio school. And I was looked on like, ah, she doesn't speak Spanish well, which was weird now because I'm super paisa now. But they're like, oh, she doesn't pronounce, you know, certain words right in Spanish. So I felt like out of place there, too, because I was like, man, like, I like this. But why are they making fun of me? Because I don't speak Spanish right, I guess. From your story, it's very interesting because you sound like you're a lot of a contradiction, right? You grew up... um Latina, but you, I mean, you grew, you're really into the Latin culture, mm-hmm. really part of the Latin mm-hmm. culture, but you grew up in an American, mm-hmm. you know, place. You're very shy, you're very reserved, yet you want to do something very yeah. public. You want to do something, you want to be seen, you're very loud. Yeah. You didn't speak Spanish that well, yet you worked with a Spanish radio yeah. station. Spanish radio station. So it seems like a lot of your life has been a contradiction as well. You know, you, um, you didn't really approach the whole you wanted to do something in terms of education you want to really educate yourself but you went more into the entrepreneurial path and Mm -hmm. just like faced it really strongly so that's a that's that's a testament more so like of your personality Mm -hmm. and who you are so with that being said i would also like to ask you more like there are a lot of like in a lot of our audience they see you as a public figure they see you Mm -hmm. as somebody who they admire so what kind of you know tips do you have for them how can they do something similar Mm -hmm. to what you do i just to me it's just jump and what word always pops into my head when i'm like doubting myself is Mm -hmm. fearless be fearless Mm -hmm. because for so long i was living in fear Mm -hmm. you know fearing of what people are going to think of me like i'm a i'm a little chubby gordita girl like what are they going to think when i'm at front in the front like doing the solo song Mm -hmm. in high school like they're going to make fun of me because i'm chubby like you know that's what i thought in my head Mm -hmm. or like Man, what is like my family going to think that I want to do radio? I was always scared. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still feel fear. Like people don't realize it. I get scared sometimes. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, what if I do this and people are going to literally reject me? You know, I uh-huh. kept, th- I keep thinking like, what are people going to think? But how I stop that negativity is to say, you're fearless. Mm-hmm. Be fearless. Jump. Do it. Who cares mm-hmm. if they say something about you, you know? So to me, it's just be fearless and jump. And mm-hmm. if you have an idea... And if everybody thinks that it's dumb, like it's like that, that should be your engine to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've had so many times where when I when I was creating Labios Rojos, everybody's like, why are you going to name it Labios Rojos? Like, why don't you name it in English? Like, why don't you? Why Labios Rojos? Like, that's no one's going to pronounce it right. But to me, it's like Labios Rojos, Labios Rojos, because there comes my Latin in, me, mm-hmm. you know, my Latin. I was like, I want it in Spanish because I love it in Spanish. So just be fearless. Jump. Do it. Mm-hmm. If you have an idea. And if everybody thinks it sucks, who cares? You do it. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to like your idea once it's once you have it all set in stone. So just be fearless and jump. That's what I say. Jump. That's my tip. Mm-hmm. And also just like surround yourself with positive people. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals. And that's one thing that I struggle with to this day is I have a hard time 
finding people that are like-minded. I don't know what it is, or maybe I'm just not in the right places at the right time, and that's why I go to so many networking events, and that's why I created my own networking events, because I wanted mm-hmm. to meet people like me. Yeah. And, and Latinas like me, you know? Because I find a lot, it's weird, because I find a lot of guys that have the same mindset as me, but when it comes to girls, like, it's hard for me to find girls that have the same like-minded mm-hmm. and, like, you know, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it's the 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 Latin culture, like, it's hard for me to find Latinas with the same mindset. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why. So, I don't know if you guys, do you I guys? Think, I think a lot of that has to do with, and this is not for everyone, mm-hmm. um, this is a very general statement mm-hmm. over the top, just very superficial when I say this, but I feel like a lot of it has to do with the, the Latino culture is a, uh, it's, it, it's a, it's una cultura machista. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very male-driven culture. Yeah. And I feel like we're finally getting to the point, and I'm extremely excited and happy about mm-hmm. this, but we're finally getting to that point where women are now showing like, no, it's not just the mm-hmm. man. No, yeah. it's us too. Yeah. And I like that. And I feel like it, it takes time and it takes, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a progression thing. Yeah. We're starting to see more... Uh, outspoken in a good way more mm-hmm. more outspoken women more mm-hmm. women that are willing to share what they truly think mm-hmm. what they truly feel and i think it's a good thing but i think it's going to be more of a time thing more yeah. of a more of a it takes time to mm-hmm. to get the yeah. culture out of that mm-hmm. kind of uh out of that box out of that cage yeah. but uh, i'm starting to see it a lot more yeah and and i feel like it's you see it more in the bigger cities yeah you see it more sure. in the bigger cities because of the the diversity yeah. and for example here in Oxnard or in Ventura County it's a big city with mm. a small town feel yeah for sure so it's uh, I feel like that has a lot to do mm. with it and uh, at least my perspective on that is that you're absolutely right there there is uh, there is a lack of strong powerful Latina women that are doing things here at least here in the 805 in the local vicinity because you mentioned it several times you had to look outside yeah. of your own city. Mm-hmm. You you had to go over to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Santa Barbara, maybe even Bakersfield, like, you know, outside of your own city to really find people that yeah. you can connect with. Yeah. And a lot of the times, these ladies and men here in the 805, here in our in our, in our city, they, they have the ambition, they have the drive, but mm-hmm. they don't have that example. Yeah. You, they don't sure. have that example that they can, they feel they can easily reach out to. Like I said, I'm pretty sure ladies that are listening right now see you and men as well. Like I said, see you mm-hmm. as a public figure, but they're like, "Oh, I'm not gonna like." It's so easy. Yeah. They can they can literally DM yeah. you, and the chances are that they you might they have a good question, they have a good yeah. proposition, you might respond. Yeah, you know. And but a lot of them they feel like you are unreachable. Like, no, she's at this pedestal, no. and because of that, it, it makes you seem. It, it not makes you seem, but it, it, it's 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 they they don't use you as an example that they can use as opposed to someone that they see on YouTube, someone yeah. that they see on yeah. on uh, social media platforms. That's true. And I'm very glad that you brought up that point. You brought it up a little bit earlier, and I just want to touch back on it because that's the reason like that we started Millennial Mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, Birds of a feather flock together. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, quotes and sayings because we want to be with like minded individuals, and the reason. I'm, I'm, I feel like there's a reason why we connected with yeah. you and the reason why you're here in the podcast today because uh, like you, you earlier you said that you went over to other cities, other places to look for those like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. not out of want, but out of need. Mm-hmm. The same, that's the same reason we started Millennial Mindset. We, did, we wanted to connect and uh, inspire people and let them know that these movers and shakers are within the city. Yeah out of need out of necessity as well not necessarily out of want because we too had to go somewhere else to find yeah. those like-minded individuals so 
it, I, I, I'm very happy that you brought up that point and it's something that we can definitely relate on. And you just found three other like-minded individuals. Yeah, here it makes me happy. Like and you know what's crazy? And I've, I'm sure you guys feel this way is when you do go out to LA and go to these events, don't you ever say like, damn, I wish this was over there. Absolutely. Like, I wish this was in Ventura County. Like, that's... Every time I go out there, I'm like, damn, like, I wish I could share this with, like, my community, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the reason, you know, when I have Latina Beauty Matters, mm-hmm. which is an empowerment... Um, it's like a, an empowerment community for the Latin, the Latin girls, but it's also for men as well. And uh, I started it out there in LA instead of here because I wanted to kind of test the waters and I want to perfect it to bring it here, you yeah. know. And I met all the resources over there. And now that I I've done it over there, and I'm like, damn it, it's so much easier to do it in my community. Like, why am I not doing it in my community? Yeah. And I feel it's just like I feel like sometimes you think it's lack of support. You know, from the community, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it's uh, like it's hard for me to reach out yeah. to like-minded individuals in in our community. So I think, like I said, this is amazing what you guys are doing. It makes me so so happy because I love seeing people that are creatives. I love seeing um, people join forces. Like yeah. when pe- when like because La- I know Lalo too. Lalo Serratos, you guys had him in in your last podcast. Like when I find, when I met him, I was like, you're amazing. Like let me help you. So now like I, I MC at their events mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like, I'm so glad that we're kind of like all joining forces Absolutely. in a way. It makes me so happy. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's amazing what you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah as we yeah. mentioned, you know, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to see a change in our community and the best way that we can do it is by becoming the change that we want to mm. see. So this is something that's, you know, very important for all of us, for all three of us. And I can see that it's important to you as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's just the beginning of a of a big project that we have, and um, you know, we'll of course share it with you in the future once we have the ball rolling on that. But uh, but yeah, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create that culture here and uh, bring what we've seen elsewhere into our community and build something big. But you know, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you so oh, much you. for sharing your story with us, for sharing some of the adversity that you mm-hmm. went through growing up and some of the hard parts, you know, hard times that you mm-hmm. went through and. And um, in reality, getting getting to know you on a deeper yeah. level, I feel like I knew who you were, but now I know you. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's good because you're sharing this also with your public, with your yeah. following, with your people, you know, with tu gente, yeah. la raza, with, with whoever it is that wants to get to know you on a, on a deeper level. So thank you so much for that. And um, before we before we sign out here, <laughs> let let us know let our people know where can we find nancy samaniego <laughs> it's funny when you say nancy samaniego because i always thought it was funny that people say my whole name but now i realize why they say my whole name it's your brand I always, you did it yes. yeah because i always say hey it's nancy samaniego you know yeah so even little i've had little kids come up to me like hi nancy samaniego and i'm yeah. like what <laughs> and when i was doing radio they're like and when i wanted to do when i was doing radio in la everybody's like oh we need to think of a nickname for you. What could be your nickname? You know, because most locutores and yeah. radio personalities have that nickname. And no one ever could think of a nickname for me. Yeah. Like, there's no nickname for me. Uh, and I was Nancy like, just Samaniego, keep Nancy yeah. Samaniego. Like, and they're like, yeah, Nancy Samaniego. That's going to be your radio name. I'm like, that is my name. That's yeah. my name. <laughs> you know, that's my name. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram como Nancy Samaniego7 because I don't know who has Nancy Samaniego on Instagram, but someone has it. So they took it. So I had to add my favorite number, which is a seven. Okay. Um, that. And then on Facebook, I have uh, the like 
like page or the fan page and my regular page, Como okay. Nancy Samaniego. I mean, you'll, you'll spot it, my bright ass hair. Yeah. Um, on that, Twitter, Nancy Samaniego, the same. So I don't really cool. use Twitter, but Instagram or Facebook are my thing. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of projects coming up soon. So I've kind of been like on the down low about things, even though it doesn't look like it on Instagram. But yeah. I've been I've been kind of on the down low because there is a possibility I will be returning to the radio. There you go. But is this time is going to be under my terms. So I'm so excited, I'm excited that. about that coming soon. The, yeah. the lipstick is coming too. So I'm excited about that. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just happy with life right now. And most Good. people don't know it, but I'm also really into like the restaurant industry, which is yeah, I know, I remember you mentioning yeah, that. So, so that's good. Um, from working and hustling for so long, being a waitress and, and manager, and always working in the restaurant business, because you know you always have to have like a side hustle if of you're course. trying to pursue your hus- hustle, your dream. You have to have that side hustle. Yeah. And I did it with restaurants for the longest time, and working in restaurants for the longest time, um, I was able to uh, this is going back to thinking about my parents when i was working in the restaurant business i was like how can i do this where i can help my parents where i can help my parents always trying to help my parents mm-hmm. um uh one of the owners of the restaurant that i used to work with let my family invest in one of the restaurants nice. so now it's like we invested in a ramen restaurant with hey. the, there you go. yeah so asian in the in the house now so uh, we have a, a ramen restaurant up in thousand oaks if you guys ever want to go it's called tire ramen super small tiny but, but like we'll my family we'll works support. there my That's family works do. there you can watch dragon ball z like on tv you can it's... sign me up twice yes. i love dragon ball z my you know, favorite anime i like dragon ball z too <laughs> low, so key, low key low key i'm a nerd but um yeah so with that said like i always say convert your hobby into your side hustle mm-hmm. or your normal job yeah. into bigger hustle you know so yep. you guys can go eat at tyro ramen and uh, we definitely will, uh, well. we'll have to pay a trip out there so eat some ramen yeah. i know it's kind of hot out right now but you guys could still have boba no or something. i'm we going have boba. i don't care I, we I, have boba and I we have japanese candy and stuff 100 degrees outside my mom makes caldo res <laughs> you had me you had me at boba there you go boba too mm-hmm. we have boba cool so yeah sounds good well nancy once again thank you so much so so much for being here for sharing your story and for allowing us to get to know you on a more personal level um truly excited for all the projects that you have coming up including this whole radio thing i am excited to hear you on the radio once again you have to share with us so that we can blast it all over the place as well have our supporters have our followers have our people show you love and support as well uh nancy any last words for us for you guys I don't know. I would say just like keep doing what you're doing. You guys are amazing. Like I am so happy that I found like people that have the same mindset. Like it makes me so happy. I love sitting at a table where there is creatives. And you guys are definitely a definition of creators. Like Thank you. I love it. What you guys are doing is amazing. It's going to blow up. Like, I see, I envision events. I envision like I envision merch. I envision um, Can I give you a, Can I give you a high five for that one? <laughs> wait, that was a. Uh, <laughs> wait, there you go. Yeah, I envision merch. I envision uh, events. I envision concerts. I envision uh, motivational workshops. Like, I envision so much when I see you guys. And it gives me, like, I have the chills right now. It gives me the chills because it's going to happen. And anything yeah. you guys need help with anything when it comes to, like I said, anything, anything, literally, I'm here to support 100%. So. Truly appreciate it, Nancy. Yeah, truly, truly appreciate it. Awesome, so sigan Nancy. chingandole. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Inside the Millennial Mindset with Nancy Samaniego. Nancy, thanks for coming. Cool, peace. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Nos vemos, mi gente. Peace. Adios. Peace.
This podcast goes by the name of Millennial Mindset. We don't only cater to the millennial community. Whether you're five years old or 45, this podcast is for you. You can find us online at at Millennial Mindset with one N. You can find Rico at at Rico J underscore. You can find Rigo at at Rigo dot flow. And you can find Jason Amaral at at Jason Amaral.